Good evening. It's that time for us to open up. I wish you would help us open up tonight as we sing a little bit of Victory is Mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Love, love is mine. Love today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Love, love today is mine. Happiness. Happiness is mine. Happiness today is mine. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Psalm 100 in its entirety. Let us pray. Which one? Yep. Dear God, again, we come to thank you, to praise you, to adore you, to lift you up. We just thank you because you're the only true God. We thank you, Father, for just being gracious and kind to us and allowing us to gather once again to, to just learn of you. And so, Father, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and minds. Give us ears to hear you, a heart to receive you and courage to follow where you're leading us. We thank you, Father, that when we leave here, we'll be better servants and better prepared to serve you. And so we thank you now for what you're doing and what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, good evening to everyone. It is my prayer that you've had a great day um, so far. And if your day's been a little rough, um, don't give up on God um, because he truly has proven that he will not give up on us. So I'm encouraged by what the Lord is doing um, with us, to us, and through us. Again, we're praising God for the privilege of being back in the house of prayer to, to dig a little deeper in the, in the word of God. I hope you're excited to be here tonight. I hope you are well aware of the privilege we have um, to gather on nights like this. Um, I do want to begin tonight by sharing with you my, my appreciation um, for how we are continuing to, to develop and grow as a church. And I want you to know how appreciative we are um, just to have the privilege of watching us grow spiritually. Um, it is amazing um, to see how far we've come in such a short amount of time. And the Lord... Um, is, is do all of the glory, and we're praising him um, for what he's done. But I want you to know um, that, that your, your name is ringing up and down the streets in a good way um, because um, somewhere you go, you allow the Lord to use you in a mighty way. And that light that the Lord shines, as the Bible lets us know that we ought to let our light shine, um, that light that the Lord shines through us brings honor and glory to the Lord. So I want to encourage you to recognize um, that we are in a pursuit of greatness. And to be in the pursuit of greatness simply means you and I are going to have to be willing to make sacrifices. Amen. Um, these are personal sacrifices. And these are sacrifices that we make outside of these four walls. What we do here is we come here um, kind of like going to a gas station. We come here to fill up. 
so we can go where the Lord has for us to go. Um, and so we want to we wanna say to all of you how, how encouraged we are, how grateful we are um, that we have that kind of church that the Lord is using us and we are growing spiritually um, as we continue to dig deeper in the word. Um, let me thank all of you for supporting Reverend Bowman on last, um, last week um, because I couldn't be here for uh, reasons you all are aware of um, for the most part. And, and I, I received word um, that uh, we did what we were supposed to do, and that is support whoever the Lord has um, for us on that night, because it's not about a personality. I'll say amen myself. It's not about a personality, because the Bible lets us know God is no respecter of person. And you know you're growing when you're there to hear from the Lord, regardless of what vessel he chooses to use. And so I want to thank all of you who supported um, and continue to support regardless of the fact. So we, we asked Reverend Bowman last week um, to go over what for some of us is, was already familiar as a refresher, um, so to speak, because we wanted to make sure that we were clear or that we were reminded of the fact that it's a privilege to be a part of the Lord's church. And we ought never take that privilege for granted because if you just look beyond the globe, beyond U.S. of A., you'll discover there are some folk who are still having to hide and sneak to go to church. They're still having to steal away, as those saints of, of yesteryear would say. Um, they cannot go to church when they get ready. They can't publicly worship the Lord. They can't even be caught with a Bible. And yet the Lord permits us the very privilege of being a part of his church. I'll say it one more time. He permits us the very privilege of being a part of his church. And I believe sometimes we here in the United States of America take for granted the privileges we have. No, we're not perfect, but we are so much better than so many others. And we ought to never take for granted that privilege. You ought to recognize your membership is a privilege that the Lord has given us because the truth is none of us deserve it. Um, you, you and I have done enough today to disqualify us from deserving it. And, and if you can remember um, in our book, I Am a Church Member, he, he looked at chapter 6 on last week and tonight, if you can remember chapter 5, don't worry, you don't have to look for it. I'm going to help you. <laughs> chapter 5 talks about us developing spiritually to the point to where we can righteously, watch this, lead our family that we can be healthy church members. Here is the problem we have and, and we're fighting against. We have folk in church, but we're unhealthy in church. And what we've got to recognize is, um, since we are unhealthy, that means we need the doctor to prescribe something to us that can help us head down the alley or the lane or the process of getting healthy. See, nobody well shows up to the hospital. Sick folk go to the hospital. And the reason they go to the hospital is because they're looking for something that they don't have where they came from. And, and you and I have to recognize that the Lord has called us not just to come and assemble in church, because anybody can do that. In fact, when you read scripture, the devil comes to church. And we've got to recognize he wants us to not just be in church, not just to be a part of the church, but he wants us to be a healthy church. And I need you to recognize that each and every one of us are still a work in progress. Amen. Now I'm talking to the person sitting in your seat. Because all of us are work in progress. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church. Doesn't matter what title you hold in church. Doesn't matter what you do as, as far as service in church. There is not one of us who is perfect. Come on, just say amen. Everybody know you okay. Uh, because all of us come short of the glory of God. And we are striving to become a healthy church. 
Now, let me make sure you understand what I'm talking about when I talk about a church. You must first remember, we've taught on this before, but this is a refresher course that we can dig into what God has for us today. We taught on this before that when we say you and I are to become a healthy church, do not forget you are the church. And so the reason uh, uh, folks show up in, within these four walls unhealthy is because when they got here, they were unhealthy. And when they were at home, they were unhealthy. And when they were running up and down the streets, they were unhealthy. And they brought that unhealthy stuff right up in here. And just because you walk through those doors, don't you think that something miraculously going to happen, that all of your unhealthiness going to stay outside and you just going to walk through the doors and holiness just going to fall on you? You can't dance with the devil all Saturday night and then show up in church on Sunday morning and say you are anointed by the Holy Spirit. It just don't work that way. And so you and I have to recognize it is a process to us becoming healthy. That's why we made sure we cleared it up at the beginning. We want to have one voice, one vision, because we're all striving for greatness. Why are we all striving for greatness? Because we all are work in progress. And let me say this. I don't want to just give God some of me. I want him to give. I want to give him the greatest part of me. I want to give him the best of my service. I don't want to give him part of the service. I don't want to give him some leftover service. I want to get to the point where I can consciously give God my greatest service. Watch this every day. Because sometimes I'm on it. Other times I'm off. I'll say it again because I'm just talking about me. Maybe you own it every day. You don't have a bad day. You never wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You never wake up not wanting to get out of bed. You never have any issues. But that's not my, my story. My story is sometimes I'm on it and then sometimes I'm struggling. And then even though I'm struggling, my problem is I still got to go stand before some people and tell some people something about the Lord when I'm struggling myself. And I have to be convincing because they'll boo me. (laughs) And you have to recognize that sometimes that is exactly what the Lord does. He'll put you in a position where you have to talk about him when you're mad at him. Now, don't act like you're all holy up in here, like you ain't never been mad at the Lord. Come on, because I'll I, I start going down the line, because I know some of your business, amen? And, and the truth of the matter is, all of us have had moments where we had to ask the Lord, what's up? Amen. And so, and so even when I don't like what the Lord is doing or permitting in my life, he'll put me in a position where I still got to tell somebody else about him. And the beauty in that, from the spiritual perspective, is the more I talk about him, the more I forget about me. Can I tell you how to bless yourself? Start talking about the Lord. And here is what I've also discovered, Kiki. I discovered that I spent a whole lot of time talking and telling other folk about God. And it hit me the other day. Do I spend as much time talking to God as I do talking about him? Ooh, did you hear what I just said? Um, Because there's a whole lot of folk want to tell you about God. They have something to say, good or bad, hot or cold, negative or positive, about the Lord. Their experience or what they believe, their belief or non-belief or whatever you want to call it. And everybody has something to say about God. But how much time do we spend talking to God? Because if you're going to lead your family, if you're going to grow spiritually, I'm here to tell you, it's good to talk about him, but it's better to talk to him. Amen. Amen. Let me say that one more time. That just felt good to me. It's good to talk about him, but it's better to talk to him. And if you ever want to empower yourself, stop talking to me and talk to him. Because when you talk to him, when you get back to me, you're going to give me something. Ooh, did you hear what I said? said? You're going to pour into me. You're not going to show up with a, with a cup saying for me to fill your cup up. You're going to show up saying my cup already runneth over. Let me give you some of what the Lord has given me. 
Because can I tell you, don't get it twisted. Preachers need preaching to, too. Preachers need to hear a word from the Lord, too. Servants of God get weak, too. Even the strong need to be strengthened, too. And if you are the strong person in your family, recognize that you need to be strengthened also. That's why you have to watch who you surround yourself with because you can't be surrounded by a bunch of leeches because all leeches do is drain you. And when they finish draining you, they go find somebody else with some fresh blood. And they leave you back there like a little corpse. And then they have the nerve to say she done fell off. Well, it's your fault. You done emptied me. You done drained me. And so if we're going to have a healthy church, if we're going to strive for greatness, strive to become healthy, the Lord teaches us some valuable principles that I believe you and I will be blessed with. And he calls us to this understanding. If you notice, we begin this year saying we're on a journey. Some of y'all remember that. We're on a journey. You know what I'm saying? We're on a journey. And along this journey, here's what the Lord wants you to do. Pay attention. And enjoy the journey. Listen, I will say this again because I, be, I believe it bears repeating. Um, no sense in being saved and miserable. Right. Amen. 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 If you're saved, enjoy being saved. Amen. In fact, here is what's wrong with too many people. I'll say it real quick. Tish, just, just look this way at me. Here's what's wrong with them. Um, they blessed and bitter at the same time. And what good does it do to be blessed and you're still bitter? Wave at me if you know you're blessed. See, a blessed person don't ever, oh, ever have a reason to be bitter. Mm. But, but wave at me if you bumped into some bitter people. And the Lord will call us to understand if you learn how to enjoy the journey, that when things show up that are des designed from the devil himself to make you bitter, you won't get bitter, you'll get better. It's kind of it's like, like what the pig said to the snake. Thank you. Because the pig is one of the most nastiest animals there is. So when the poisonous snake bites the pig, the pig say thank you. Because he's looking for some more poison. You giving the pig what he want. You missed what I just told you. You see, when the devil comes your way to attack you because you are a child of God, you ought to tell him thank you. Because you know why he coming? Because he don't have you. And that's a compliment. Hello? You ought to learn how to take a compliment. You ought to get nervous when the devil stop attacking you. If he stops showing up, it's because he's never left. He's been there. He has you. Listen, uh, uh, I guess I better throw this out, Rita. No robber breaks into an empty house. He breaks into your house, it's because there's something in there. You get what I'm saying? Uh, the Lord says to you and I, That there's a plan for your life. Ooh, did you hear that? How many know there's a plan for your life? Now, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that plan that God has for your life may be filled with detours. You, you do know what detours, huh? You, you want to go this way, but as soon as you get on that street, you see a sign. Detour. Construction. Slow down, lane closing, street closing at 10 a.m. or at 9 p.m. on this particular night, this street will be closed until the morning. And that's your route. That's the route you like to go on. But now, because there's a detour, you can't go that way. And if you're like me, sometimes you get frustrated because you can't go the way you want to go. But can I tell you what the Lord wants you to understand? It's not about you. 
ooh, that's a hard pill for some of us to swallow, especially me. It's not about you. So what the Lord says, the Lord says, I have a plan for your life. But if you're going to reach what I have for you, I have to grow you. I have to develop you. That means I got to take you to some stuff, and then I got to take you through some stuff. Now, the stuff I take you to, you're not going to always like. Hello. But can you trust me when I take you to something that you don't like? I'm talking to somebody in here because that's where you are right now. And the Lord says, can you trust me when I take you to something you don't like? Can you trust me when I put you in an environment that you don't want to be in? Wait, can you act like a Christian in an unchristian environment? Can you give me glory when you're in pain? Can you give me glory when you're frustrated? Can you give me glory when it's not going your way? Can you give me glory when everything you touch is crumbling before your face? Can you give me glory when you don't get it the way you want it, when you want it as fast as you want it, and how much you want? Can you give me glory in every situation, or do you just give me glory when I give you what you want? And some of us need to be honest. I failed a few times. Did you hear me? Go on, free yourself right now. I failed a few times. You'll feel better. Get it off your chest. You won't even beat yourself up no more if you just go on. I have failed a few times. So the Lord teaches us. He says, I need you to be a healthy church. When we talk about a healthy church, the Lord begins to teach us the process of becoming healthy. You ready? Let me ask this again. Y'all put your head down. I say, are you ready? Okay, we just look at somebody and say, God is up to something. I still see some mouths that ain't moved. Okay, I'm going to try one more time. I'm going to look this way so I don't get this. Just look at somebody and say, God is up to something. You don't know you just blessed them. You don't know you just blessed them. Now, you don't know what he's up to. We don't always know, but just trust the fact that God is up to something. And whatever God touches, good. You didn't read your Bible, did you? What the devil meant for evil, God meant it for my good. Fret not thyself for evildoers, for they shall soon be cut down. You got to recognize you serve a God. That's why he said, here's what all you need to do is trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of thy ways, acknowledge him and then he shall. Ooh. He's up to something. Ooh. (laughs) That just feel good saying that. He's up to something. Can, can I tell you why you're going through what you're going through? He's up to something. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you why you're struggling like you're struggling? He's up to something. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you can go to sleep tonight if you recognize he's in control. Ooh, you, you, can, you can get some rest tonight if you recognize he's in control. Listen. He teaches us this very great principle that we're going to dig into, uh, begin the process of digging into that we found in 1 Timothy because he says you and I need to become a healthy church. But if you're going to become a healthy church, it's going to be a process. And so I'm going to show you some things in 1 Timothy. We're going to time into some other things um, in the next couple of weeks that you'll understand what the Lord is doing because it's going to take a sacrifice from each and every one of us. And this is not a sacrifice when you feel like it. This is a daily sacrifice. This is why he said, if any man will come after me, he must first deny himself. Watch this. And pick up his cross and carry it daily. And some of us mess up because we only want to carry it when we feel like it. Amen. But he says, no, you have to do this daily. Let me, let me 
Let me call your attention to 1 Timothy. And I'm going to put on the screen, this is the Message Bible version. Um, On your handout is the uh, NLT version, and and, um, I believe. And then I want you to, I'm going to read it first from the Message Bible version because I believe it blesses us. Now watch this. Verses 1 through 7. I'll read it. If anyone wants to provide leadership in the church, what's the church? Okay, make sure we got that. Because when you read scripture, you'll see this word church thrown around and you'll, you'll be focused on this. Right? Okay? And sometimes it is talking about this, but this is a microcosm or symbolism of you. In other words, what goes on here should be taking place at your house. Just like we have praise and worship here, you ought to be having praise and worship at your house. Just like we have altar prayer here, you ought to have altar prayer at your house. Just like we preach and teach the word here, you ought to preach and teach the word at your house. See, whatever goes on here should be happening at your house. You understand what I'm saying? And what's wrong with some of us is what we do here is totally different from what we do there. Okay, I'm just talking about mine. Okay, if anyone wants to provide leadership in the church, good. But there are preconditions. Can you holler preconditions? Preconditions. See, my children always got mad when I gave them conditions. I'll give it to you if you do this. And they always wanted what I said I would give them without doing what I told them they had to do as a precondition. Maybe it was just my children. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A leader, watch this, y'all. Let's watch this. A leader must be well thought of, committed to his wife, cool and collected, accessible and hospitable. He, now when they say he, it's she too. Uh, he must know what he's talking about. Not be over fond of wine, not pushy but gentle, not thin-skinned, not money-hungry. He must handle his own affairs well, attentive to his own children, and having their respect for someone, if, for if someone is unable to handle his own affairs, how can he take care of God's church? Did you hear what I just said? I could stop and preach for two days right there. We ain't got that time. He must not be a new believer, lest the position go to his head and the devil trip him up. Outsiders must think well of him or else the devil will figure out a way to lure him into his trap. Can I tell you what's going on right now, why our church is unhealthy? Because too many folk in leadership here that can't lead their house over there. Amen. I got you, Lord. I got you. I got you. I have five myself. I got you. Let me say it one more time. Because folk think, because you got a title here, that that automatically make you somebody when you can't run over there. Ooh, did y'all hear me? Because if the folk at your house don't like you, now let me be honest with you. My mama beat us. Y'all got whoopings. My mother beat us, but we still liked her. We still loved her. You know why? Because she proved to us that she wasn't beating us to be mean. In fact, she gave us that speech. Let me see if y'all ever heard this speech. She grabbed me on one hand because I ran. I don't know about y'all. I wasn't taking it. She going to have to catch me, right? But she'd hold me with one hand and say, I'm only doing it because I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't hit you. And I was saying, this, what kind of love is this? Anybody else heard that? But, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. She was whooping me, but her hand was on me. Yeah. Ooh, that's another sermon. Don't, don't worry about it. Because I love the fact that sometimes God has to chastise me, but it ain't too bad because his hand is on me. Because any times I'm in the hand of God, I may be in pain, but everything's going to be all right. So look at what the Lord says to us. Here's what I need you to understand. You are a leader. Did you hear me? Now listen, you don't have to have a title to be a leader. Again, I ain't got time to get into that. That's what mess up a lot of churches. Folk with titles think you can't tell them nothing. 
That's why I hate giving people titles. They get a title and they start tripping. Do I need to say amen by myself? They was fine till they got a title. Now you can't tell them nothing. My, my bad. I'm, I'm not understanding. But here's, here's, here's what you got to recognize. You got to recognize, you have to recognize that God is no respect of person. Right? So God says you are a leader. Let me ask you a question by show of hands because some folk going to say, I don't want to be a leader. You don't have no wants in this thing. You are a leader. Let me tell you why you know you are a leader. Because you are called the church. And the Greek word for church is ekklesia. And the word ekklesia means to be called out, to be separated for the use and purpose of God. So now you are God's called out. Why did he call you out? That he can let you stand out. Did you hear what I just said? Why did he want you to stand out? Because he wanted somebody to be a witness for him. Now raise your hand. If you know somebody that don't go to church. Now leave your hand up if they know you go to church. Can I tell you, you leading them. Whether you know it or not. Watch this. If you always talking about church, but you cussing them out. A leader must be well thought of. If you always telling them, girl, what a time we had in church, but you got the worst attitude at the job. I I say ouch too, don't worry about it. A leader must be well thought of. If you come in here on Sunday, and speak in unknown tongues, but you go out there on Sunday night and Monday morning and you cuss them out in every one of them tongues? A leader must be well thought of. Because what you're doing is giving a poor representation of the Lord. Get this. Because some folk will never come to church because they're looking at you. Ooh. You want to know why? Because, because what you are presenting to them does not attract them. Ooh. Who wants to go somewhere if it makes you act like that? And I told y'all this story before, but it bears repeating right here at this point. Where this husband and wife was together and she said, Pastor, I told him he needed to come to church. I told him he needed to come to church. I've been trying to get him. Get him, Pastor. Tell him. And he said, Rev, you want me to tell you the truth? Why I don't come to church? I said, sure, go right ahead. See, she always at church. And if she come home and act like that and she always there, I don't want to go. She was her own worst enemy. Because she's trying to get him somewhere that he can see ain't helping her. Come on, let's tell the truth. If we're going to grow, if we're going to be great, we got to be honest with ourselves. We are are some people who have work to do because we have been giving off a poor representation of God. Listen to what I'm saying, because if God is that good, then why are you not smiling? Why are you not giving folk a blessing when you show up? Why are you not changing the atmosphere that brings honor and glory to God when you show up? See, when you show up, here's what's supposed to happen. Every time light shows up, darkness disappears. And if everywhere you go, darkness hovers next to you, it's because you don't have no light. And the Lord is saying to us, time out 
for just filling up church, shouting on Sunday, and then leaving out here, and we ain't no better. Ooh, did you hear me? So God is up to something. Here's what he's up to. He's trying to get us to be a reflection of him. Look at your hand out. Because I need you to know this is Bible. Let's go a little deeper. Let's go a little deeper. Genesis 1, verse 26 through 28. It's on your handout, right? This is the Message Bible version. God spoke. Watch this. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. So they can be what? Responsible. Watch this. For the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. Watch this. God created human beings. He created them God-like. Doing what? Reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, watch this, prosper and reproduce. Fill the earth. Take charge and do what? Be responsible. A leader must be responsible. You missed it. If you go and look at, if you go and look at um, 1 Timothy chapter 3, if you look at verse number 2, not the message Bible, but the one that's on your handout, which is New Living Translation, listen to what verse 2 says. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. Can you holler reproach? All right. Because I need you to get this. I'm going to back up and show you what the word leadership means. Reproach. Must be above reproach. Reproach means when folk look at your life, they should not be able to find fault. Now watch this. I didn't say any of us are perfect. Don't get that twisted. But when I said, when it says they should not be able to find fault, they ought to see you drawing nearer to God. They ought to see you improving. They ought to see you cultivating a lifestyle that is pleasing to God. Did you hear what I just said? They ought to see you putting together, working to develop a lifestyle that is pleasing to God. You cannot be wilding out on Friday night and Saturday night and then expect them to respect you when you start talking about the Lord because they can find fault with you. Now, I never said you can't have fun. I'm the first one going to tell y'all I'm going to have fun. And you should too. But it's a way to have fun and still give honor and glory to God. You hear what I'm saying? So he says, you got to make sure that you live a life. And let's be honest, we have work to do because I'm good in this area, but I'm still struggling over here. Cool. As long as I know I'm struggling and I'm working to improve where I'm struggling. Am am I there? Any witnesses in the house? Anybody struggling in some areas? Okay, anybody know they have some work to do? Okay, I just want to make sure. Now watch this. He says, you have to live a life that folk cannot blame you for not bringing a positive picture or light or example for God. That's why I tell y'all all the time, be careful what you put on the social network, on social media. Because one day you're posting the scripture, and 15 minutes later, you letting them know. All y'all sneak peeking at my uh, timeline and running around here, got something to say. Uh, you just said me, because. <laughs> what? <laughs> Didn't you just say <laughs> the Lord is good and. That boy bipolar, something wrong with him. 
I recognize what he's saying. He said, what God is up to is he wants you to build your life. Woman, folks see you, uh, they get excited. Now, how many think that's possible? Can I give you an example? Look at Barack and Michelle. It's not that they're perfect. But boy, when you see them, you stick your chest out. You don't even like his politics. You get what I'm saying? But the way he carried himself, the way he respect that woman that's with him, and the way she carried herself, the way they rock, say man. Come on, let's tell the truth. They, they, they are doing, now, I don't know what they do behind closed doors. I'm talking about the public picture that we see. That's all we can go by, right? Am I right? And that picture that we see, that's a good one right there. Come on. He always talking about, he always promoting his wife. He's always promoting them children, and she do the same thing. Now, you know they don't always see eye to eye. Oh, but when they step out in public, you wouldn't know it. And they had the biggest magnifying glass as anybody could ever have on them. Wasn't no Monica Lewinsky popping up on them. You get what I'm saying? Because he conducted himself. And you have to recognize, all I'm trying to get you to understand, that it's possible. Because God will always give you an example with some flesh on it. Now, we're not deifying them. We're not making them more than what they are. I just want you to understand that you can be better than what we are. Am I making sense right there? Uh, Here's why that's important, because here's what a leader does, y'all. A leader, a leader is one who goes before. In other words, uh, I have children. I have nephews. I have nieces, right? And, and I'm going before them. And what I want to do is set a positive example for them. I'm talking about even when I mess up, I need to know how to take my mess up and allow my mess up to be a positive example for them. That's why I do my best to keep it real to them. I really don't lie to them. Now, I can't tell them everything because it's age appropriate on some issues. Am I correct? But I really try to keep it real with mine. Let me tell you what I did when I was your age. I was ignorant. You? Yes. I didn't have what you have. I didn't have the stable environment you had. I didn't have the structure you have. I didn't have it. But the reason I didn't have it was because times was different. The circumstances we had was different from what you have. That's why you ought to appreciate what you have. Because I can show you where we came from. Because I remember we didn't have indoor water. We had to take a five-gallon bucket and go down to a pond and bring it back to the house and pour it in the commode and boil the water to take a bath, boil the water to brush your teeth. Now, y'all don't know nothing about that. You got water in every room you go to. You got your own room with satellite in your room and play. PlayStation in your room, and you have several sets of tennis shoes and all these clothes. We didn't have it like that, and you're still ungrateful. Why you think she choking you out? Because she know where she came from. And she's been sacrificing for you to get all that you have, knowing that she didn't have half the stuff that you had. Why y'all looking at me strange like that? And all of a sudden, you got the nerve to be ungrateful. The devil is a lie. Because a leader goes before. We sacrifice. Guess what? That somebody else can see it's possible. And can I throw this out there? Let me just say this for all of us in here. Somebody got to break the cycle. Did you hear what I just said? I'm telling y'all the truth. Somebody have to break the cycle. Let me me tell y'all what I discovered. I discovered this the other day, and it shocked me. Can I tell y'all, my first graduation that I ever went to, can I tell you how old I was? 
19 years old before I ever went to a graduation. I didn't go to my own high school graduation. Listen to me. Graduated at 17 years of age. Didn't even go to my own graduation. The first graduation I went to, high school or college, the first graduation I went to, I was 19 years old. Here's what I'm saying. I didn't have an example of what it looks like to graduate. Never. You better hear me. Did I say 19? And, 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 and think about it. Think, think about that now. Think, think about that. That I went 19 years before I physically saw somebody walk across the stage and receive a diploma. Or the approximate simulation of a diploma. And had that been it, education wouldn't mean nothing to me. Somebody has to break the cycle. Do y'all hear me? And y'all looking at me. When you go back and check your life, you're going to find out some things that you never saw. You, you might have been the first to go to college or graduate college. Or you might have been the first. Your children might be the first. Somebody has to break the cycle. Everybody can't get pregnant at 15. Somebody have to break the cycle. So what mama did it? So what I did it? Somebody had to break a cycle. And we have to be in, leaders go before. And we don't hide and sugarcoat where we messed up because folk will tell me where you did it. I was wrong. That's why I can tell you. And can I also tell you what you can't see up under these clothes is I have the scars and the wounds to show you what I went through because I did it. Can I, can I tell you what we ought to just do one time? One time. We ought to just take a day and just start showing people our scars. Silent right there. Because scars can speak volumes to folk. They don't know that you are wounded like you are wounded because they just see where you are. They don't know what you've been through. That's why, that's why Thomas said, except I see the nail prints in his hands. Can I tell you, for Thomas... Those scars meant something. I'm going to change my life if I could just see those scars. And if you want to bless somebody, lay down the veil and show them your scars. Ooh. I'm going to keep moving. This is what a leader does. He shows the way. Right? She shows, he or she shows others how to conduct themselves. He escorts them into a higher level of thinking, of being, of achieving, of accomplishing. You see, what I've discovered, and time is about to elapse, but what I've discovered, Jermaine, is uh, um, we accepted in the church that I came from, we accepted folk being mean to one another as an acceptable means of communication. Do you hear me? And there are folk that we knew just was mean for no reason. And folk just accepted it as if it was right. And somebody should have let them know that's not right. I don't care if you're the mother of the church. That's not right. Somebody should have been able to say that is not right because you're giving off a bad look, a poor witness for the Lord. And all of a sudden, there were folk who were trying to imitate them because they thought it was acceptable to be in church and to have a bad attitude and to have pics and to like only certain people, and only certain people could sit next to you. There was only certain preachers that could preach to you. There was only certain singers that could sing to you. There was only certain ushers that could take to you where you, where you sit. There was only certain folk that can pray for you. Who are you? Yeah. And Lord, you sure better not sit in their seat. Oh, Lord Jesus. 
You take the National Guard. And then Amanda, they had the nerve to say, my mama bought the first brick for this building. So what? Did that give you the right? To have, yes. Don't you see who name on the side of this pew? What? And the Lord is saying, here's what I'm up to. I'm up to making you a better example for me that when somebody see me, see you, they are attracted to me. You don't never have to quote a scripture. You don't have to never tell them what church you go to. If you live right, they'll ask you. They'll text. What? Hold on. Something different about you. Mm-hmm. Because I need you to understand whether you know it or not, somebody's watching you. Come on, let's get real. We're out of time. I dig more into it in a minute. But on the back of your hand, uh, on the back, it says, we need to get real about discussing our leadership. Listen, for the next week, here's what I want you to do as an assignment. Assess your leadership. Assess. Be honest with yourself. Be critical and give yourself compliments where you're doing well. Assess the picture that you're painting to others about the God you say saved you. Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, do the people in your house like you? Or do they just tolerate you because you pay a few bills and put food on the table? Listen to what I'm asking. Do, do, do the people at your job like you? Come on, y'all. Do the people in your neighborhood like you? Or are you, are, are you the mean folk person they always talk about? That's our assignment. Let me tell you, because if you and I are going to grow, right, we have to be honest with where we are and then go to God in prayer to help us elevate to get to where he wants us to be. Okay? We're out of time, but let's, let's put our hands together and give God some glory tonight.